Hi, welcome back to Books and Broomsticks. I'm Chaotic Witchant. And I'm Matt Hatter Plays. And today we have a very special guest with us, that Honey Witch. Hello. Honey, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am Honey. Um, My pronouns are they, them. I am a non-binary, biracial, black witch or practitioner, whichever you choose to refer to me as, that is okay. And I practice hoodoo. Fuck yeah. Welcome. It's very nice to have you. Nice to be Um, here. Today we are doing two episodes with Honey. Our first one is talking about white supremacy and witchcraft. No one is thrilled, (laughs) but it is a very necessary episode. Yeah, it is. Um... So history of white supremacy and spirituality. Let's touch on that a little bit. Yeah, uh, fun news. We tried to make this episode early. Uh, it's it's a lot. It's definitely a lot to consider. Uh, when you look at spiritual spaces, you will always have um, a lot of white supremacy, especially once, uh, honestly, once a lot of white people get involved. And then after that, after the idea of white people placing white supremacy in spirituality, there is going to be non-white people that take that in, thinking that they are at a lesser standpoint, they'll internalize it, which is no help to anyone. Mm-hmm. So, um you, you see that you were kind of talking about it before, so I'm actually going to let you go off on it. Um, it's so nice to have a different conjure person say say the things so that I don't sound like a broken record. <laughs> so I was talking about, um, I was talking specifically about marketeer hoodoo. I was specifically there you go. about marketeer hoodoo in uh, the hoodoo practice. Because for people that don't know what marketeer hoodoo is, it's essentially when white people came into hoodoo and said, oh, you guys have really nice roots here, but we can do it better and we can market it out to other people as interesting because we as white people are putting it out there. Mm-hmm. So that what the ideas from uh, hoodoo were taken and stolen and then marketed out to non-black people. Yeah, and to forward actually that thought, um, I hadn't really, wasn't thinking about it, but it's, it should be important to say, this is where you get things like the witch doctor um, and versus the kindly, wizardly old man who can heal whatever is your problem. It, it comes from initially like hoodoo practice. Um, and then it was taken over and not just added to but stolen from and then on top of that they oppressed uh black people further down and were like nope look when they do it evil when we do it fabulous we i actually read a article um and by article i do in fact mean a peer-reviewed article um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that's kind of article yeah, but i read an article and it was saying that back so the term black magic is so demonized demonizing uh black practitioners and atrs which 
means African traditional religions and their practitioners. And the idea of black being negative stems from white supremacy. Mm-hmm. I can definitely understand that and see it. Um, because it doesn't, it, it's just so, it's so exhausting <laughs> because it, it doesn't just go from hoodoo as well. Like um, anytime you see a, we'll, we'll even specify more about it, like a white man take control in a spiritual uh, moment or a spiritual situation, they automatically have to oppress somebody else and um, make themselves look better. It happened with Wicca as well. Um, they took a bunch of things. Yeah, they took a bunch of different aspects from all these other religions and they were like, we're white, so we made it better. There's also lots of academic papers. I can think of one off the top of my head talking about how occultism influenced Hitler um, and his regime, which I will give the name of the article in the description of this podcast episode so people can go and read it for themselves. But white supremacy and spirituality, I think as was said by Honey, I believe, and I'm not sure if they said it in this version of the episode or the one we had to trash. Uh, white supremacy and spirituality has been around as long as white supremacy has been around. And that doesn't change for the modern day. We see a lot of white supremacy in uh, different occult circles, in heathenism, specifically different specific sects of heathenism, including some of the runes that are traditionally Norse being used to distinguish a white supremacist. Um, We can think of Odinism and colonization as well as cultural appropriation. Agreed. Um, I I mean, and there's, it it becomes so, the big problem with uh, white supremacy is that it has a tendency to make itself normalized, right? It goes out of its way to ingrain itself into these circles to where people don't even realize that it's happening. And when they get called out on it, they really they believe that they are being called a terrible person when in reality we're just calling out um the act that is happening and how it needs to be corrected i've actually heard that very often um the fact that we often focus on calling the person racist or conforming to white supremacy ideals when in fact a lot of the time we should be calling out the action and it'll be received better okay yeah i mean that might that would make sense i'm just saying like you as a person could be saying like yes i'm trying my best but at the same time i'm doing something that is seen as negative you can be doing something negative but then you can turn it around and you can rectify the situation with the groups of people that you are affecting negatively yeah and one of your biggest uh, uh, advocators for doing that kind of work is knowing what kind of symbols you're looking for. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't do the work and so they're just getting berated by all of these things and they don't understand what's coming out of it. Um, And until you do the work yourself where you pick it up and you actually start looking into uh, white supremacist dog whistles and things like that, uh, you're just going to keep getting uh called out when you don't realize what's wrong it's because 
it's not other people's jobs to tell you when those things are happening. You need to go out of your way to look for them and actually know what you're looking for. Which is the work of white people, um, not just calling other white people out and being doing the work, but actually listening to what marginalized groups have to say and then implementing it. That's something that I feel like a lot of us aren't realizing, uh, white people, I mean, or non-marginalized groups. Sits there and mixed going, "Uh uh uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. Well, if you think, like, every white person needs to come to terms with the fact that they are complicit in white supremacy. And they're even, every non-marginalized group needs to come to terms with the fact that they are complicit in white supremacy. And furthermore, understanding that complicitness and white supremacy isn't just making a tweet and sending it out. It's making your space inhospitable to white supremacy, which everyone needs to do. I'm talking to the white people who listen to this podcast. We all need to be doing that. And to go off of that, I actually made a video a while ago um, talking about how I'll see white people have in their um, like social media bios, like anti-white supremacist, BLM, anti-racist. And I'm like, okay, but at the same time, what's the work that you're doing to go along with that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a lot of comments saying like, well, I'm just letting people know that they don't belong in this space. And I'm, and my thing with that is, yes, that is good. But at the same time, are you doing it? Are you doing it to let other white people know that you are like all of those things? But what are you doing for the like people of color? You know, like, because you don't automatically get to be a safe space because you say those things. The amount of people that I've seen have BLM in their bio, and then when they're called out by a person of color for something problematic they're doing, take it out of their bio, it's horrendous. Yeah. And yeah, it's a flex, not a ideology if you just stick in your bio. Allyship is not conditional. You don't get to say, well, if you do something that I don't like or you call me in or call me out in a way that I don't like, I'm going to stop using my platform to help you guys. That's bullshit. And I have seen that happen today, which was goodness. (laughs) It is a fucked up principle to operate off of and part of the problem. Mm -hmm. Well, and a lot of those things that get called out um, are things that are like, especially in a spiritual sense, uh, things like cultural appropriation, working outside of your uh, regular formats. Um, Like, I'm sorry, but if you're going to work in cometicism, you need to have a very deep understanding of what you're getting into. If you're Mm -hmm. going to work into uh, attempting to talk to a priest from an ATR, because yeah, initiations are possible for white people, but do you realize just how hard it is to actually do that? You don't get to just work with a uh, any kind of um, 
Orisha. There we go. Words are hard today. <laughs> um, another aspect that Honey and I talked about recently of white supremacy being very present in modern spaces is people believing they can talk to any deity, any entity, even if it's from a closed practice. Just casually have a conversation with them. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah how how would you know the decorum? First yeah. off, Th- this is this is the like obviously that's just straight up some racist bullshit. Mm-hmm. Second off, you you have to look at how fucking crazy you sound when you say things like that. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, but yeah. I'm tired of like sugarcoating it for all all of the babs out there. Um, you look fucking nuts. If you tell me that you're talking to 23 different pantheons, some of them who have had very little to no contact with English-speaking people, let alone English-speaking white people, like, it, it doesn't make sense. I also think it's interesting, and this is to add on more, is that when English-speaking individuals out of America work with pantheons like the Greek pantheon, the Roman pantheon, um, very specific Celtic pantheons like Welsh or Irish. Um, And specifically with Greek and Roman, I feel like there's almost a degree of like, oh, you're working with them because of Percy Jackson. And I'm like, they're working with them because they are open. Mm -hmm. And there is enough information and cultural context available to approach it respectfully. And that's the thing about ATR practices. Like there isn't a whole lot of information that is open to the public. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the Orishas and spirits that are worked with, not even worked with because that's not really even how it's phrased, but honored. So if people want to go and say, well, I'm talking to like, as name a specific orisha then it's like where are you getting your information from because that's that's wild well you want to know how fucked up it is you like people on the internet space are willing to take the time to learn how to quote unquote work with the fae but they won't take the time to find out what the decorum is supposed to be for any other culture mm-hmm. There it is. Literally sit there and learn like medieval bylaw just so that they can say that they're working correctly with the Fae, but they won't lift a finger to do the same ounce of work just to respect African uh, traditional deities or belief systems. They won't do it for indigenous people either. Yeah. But they're, oh, damn, I want to work with those fairies real fucking bad. So I'm willing to learn, like, goddamn 1800s laws and practices. I will also add on that I feel as though uh, people do not treat uh, Jewish practices with any ounce of respect that they would do Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, working with the Fae medieval practices. I've seen way too many people be like... will not do any research in terms of Jewish practices or practices heavily tied to Judaism and just kind of hop in there. Well, and that's exactly what goes back down to uh, white supremacy. It's because they have, we, 
white people have been taught that they can have access to whatever they want. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And if it's something that's already white, then you simply have to learn the rules. But if it's anything else, they're unruly barbarians. As well as that, that idea that you can have access to whatever you want is very much influencing cultural appropriation. Yes. The idea that, oh, if it exists like in a store or it exists um, anywhere on the earth, I can have it. It truly comes mm -hmm. from a place of privilege. Yeah. And yes. the thing with the privilege is that in a lot of um, white white centered practices, there is a there is a fair amount of like written tradition, while in others there is it's mainly oral tradition. Mm -hmm. So coming from a place where you can just have a lot of written text that describes the rules and regulations of a practice is very different than having to find a mentor and knowing what rules have to be followed for indigenous practices and ATRs. Mm -hmm. So if you want to start looking like a anti-white supremacist, which uh, not so low key, that's what you should be trying to do. Uh, you need to start looking at what your day-to-day looks like it, it needs to look like more respect um and more worldly understanding it's exhausting to sit there and explain that you're on um stolen land and people just going well i don't have any of the resources when honestly it may not be written down but the work has already been posted mm -hmm. a lot of other people have already started this work it's not hard to look this stuff up I mean, for God's sake, pick up a book. Like, it's it's not it's not a challenge. Like, there are plenty of really good books out there that written. Let me say this: written by people of color. Mm -hmm. How to be anti-racist, be anti-white supremacist, and then you can implement them into your spiritual practice. Yep. And even seen in the past where things have uh have gone unnoticed. Uh, Right now, I'm listening to uh, They Were Her Property. Um, and it brings a lot into today's focus, where I'm like, holy crap, white women think that they're untouchable because they've been convinced that they are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, learn your histories. Learn learn from a BIPOC uh, individuals who have already started. They've already started. They've posted the work. They put it into print if you get the book you're actually helping them as an author like it it, it all goes full circle literally anti-racism work can literally supply for more anti-racism work um as well as that buying from businesses that support marginalized creators y'all put your money where your mouth is exactly hey, like and that goes with books and as well as buying from Black businesses and buying tarot readings um, from Black creators and spending your money and putting your money into supporting those who are already doing the work. I've actually had people, and this has come up multiple times in my time on social media, where people have said to me, 
I didn't know that I could follow you because you practice hoodoo and I didn't know. And I'm like, you say that you want to support me, but you're afraid. I, I'm really confused. Like that that's the most confusing things that comes up mm -hmm. a supportive position, but at the same time, like, why? How, how how are you so brave and yet yes. so uh, such a coward in one go like it's that's fucking simple how are you like going to say on one hand you are all of these great and noble things but literally you don't do a single bit of it because you're quote-unquote scared or you're yeah. quote-unquote intimidated yeah don't don't pretend like if you have questions ask them if you uh, want a greater worldview, follow a greater worldview. Yeah. It's so simple. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because, uh, as, as a BIPOC person, it, it's exhausting. It's been exhausting. And it's just like, we're repeating the very simple same shit and it's not being heard. So it makes no sense to why, uh, why it's still, you know, cycling why it's continuing yeah it's go ahead I, I think that's why it's so important that like white people educate themselves because we already have like us as BIPOC people have already said a lot of things like a lot of information and no one's listening they need to go out gather that information and educate themselves then further their the library has been set up for you. You simply need to walk in. It's exactly. that easy. <laughs> and walking in is probably going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Suck it up. <laughs> Suck it up. I mean, I'm a mixed person and half the time I'm going, oh no, internal bias, help. Yep. But it, it, I don't get a reprieve. Ain't none of us getting reprieves around here. It's 2022, honey. We're all <laughs> suffering. <laughs> Fuck you, he do be right though. <laughs> um, furthermore, learning about common dog whistles, uh, especially in terms of like anti-Semitism and literal Nazis is incredibly important. You would be surprised how easy it is for Nazis to just casually walk into a space. And if the white people around them are making excuses or aren't aware of dog whistles, then a Nazi has infiltrated your community. Mm -hmm. And that's important because you making your space inhospitable and educating yourself on all of these topics, make sure that marginalized communities are not in danger. Because that's what it is, is if a white supremacist gets into your space, any marginalized individual in that space is in danger. Yeah, you want to call yourself a safe space, be a safe space. Mm -hmm. Do the work to put up the walls. Furthermore, uh, making our spaces inhospitable to Nazis, like I said earlier, isn't just sending a tweet or putting BLM in your bio. It is really educating yourself, being very consistent in spotting it and removing it. If you see a comment and it's like, 
why can't I use white sage if it grows from the earth? You have a choice as a white creator. You can A, use the knowledge that you have been given by many indigenous creators on why, or B, block them. I think I can apply a um, conversation that I actually had yesterday about like, as a minority demanding respect, um, because a friend of mine was saying that a coworker of theirs was like, oh, well, how does honey get through life, like demanding respect for their pronouns and their identities? And, and I said, well, if they're not going to respect me, what am I, what am I supposed to do? How am I mm-hmm. survive? So if, and that's as a marginalized person. So if you as a non-marginalized person with the privilege that gets to walk around and just hear these things and like let it go how how are we as marginalized people supposed to get through that mm-hmm. so up to say they need to be respected you can't like you can't make these dog whistles you can't be racist you can't hold these white supremacist ideals because this is a safe space that i'm building for these marginalized people this is such it's a really it, it's a really hard um and exhausting conversation uh so if there's a little bit of spaces in between things it's because this has been <laughs> i can't tell you the amount of times that i've seen honey and uh on their platform and that i've known i have had to go through just the same conversation mm-hmm. over and over um and that's why it's really important for us to have this kind of episode available, but it's just also very, very tiring to just sit here going, yes, again, yeah, figure it out. It's not that hard. To be- piggyback off of that, I will be putting ways to support both Matt and Honey in the description. I want quesadilla money. Quesadilla <laughs> money for Matt, and you can buy a tarot reading from Honey. I'm also going to be literally just giving their Venmos monetary support and compensation reparations the time is now give them money for food fabulous I'm gonna wake up one morning and there's gonna just be like way too much dough in there and I'm gonna be like yes all the nachos and quesadillas because this is 100% emotional labor for both of them and even though it's an important episode that doesn't mean that they are in they were at all entitled to do this episode they could have been like no we're not doing that and it would have been okay so buy them quesadillas buy them tacos buy them nachos or milkshakes oh or milkshakes the only reason i am afraid of that is because they bring boys to the yard oh i was like Oh no, not the boys to the yard. Not the boys to the yard. I'm going to be honest, Matt. I don't think that that is the worst case scenario. You need a little stress relief. Bring the boys to the yard. (laughs) So I feel like we've discussed and touched on every conceivable topic without kind of pulling from more uh, sources and more people for their experiences. We are planning a anti-Semitism and witchcraft episode in the future. Um, to get more in depth into that topic um, because white supremacy and witchcraft is a super broad topic. Mm-hmm, 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 um, mm-hmm. Very important to talk about. 
Very important to talk about. Furthermore, there will be resources, articles, books in the description to further the conversation. Um, you can find, honey, where can people find you? You can find me everywhere on any, everywhere and anywhere under that honey witch. Lovely. Please follow honey, show them support, buy a tarot reading from them. All right. Any final thoughts? Um, Always punch a Nazi. Don't be racist. Thank you. Um, mine is put your money where your mouth is. All right. Um, this has been Books and Broomsticks. I'm Chaotic Witchaunt. And I'm Matt Hatter Plays. Honey, now and you I'm said. Oh, yeah, you did it! <laughs> <laughs> and we will talk to you guys next week.